Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the official Caps Shirt Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What's going on, everyone? Caps fans, we've got an incredible episode, as always, this Monday for you. We talk about league news. We review the Washington Capitals week in review, as we always do. Um, bit of, you know, like I said, I'm coining it, the ro- a roller coaster of a week. Um, <clears throat> so, I don't know, Polly, what do you think? Pop some tabs, get right into it. Let's do it. One, two, three. Polly, what's going on behind you? Is your wife yelling at the dog? Yeah, the dogs are uh, dogs are being mischievous in the background. <laughs> you got louder too, I think. Um, <clears throat> all right, so let's start off with some league news, though. Uh, Nylander locked in by Toronto for eight years, eleven and a half by eight. Homeboy got paid. You know, a lot. There's a lot of speculation that Nylander would. Uh, not sign or, or move on or the the Leafs would try to move him. Not the case. They just locked him in over what was it? 46, 46 million is in is is Tavares, Matthews, Marner, and Nylander right now for Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Um 
a roster that is allowed to put 20 guys on the ice, but usually has a couple extras, more than half of their money is paying four people. <laughs> so uh, in the wise words of Jason Bateman, uh, interesting cotton, in- interesting strategy cotton. Let's see how it plays out. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, you have these assets and you don't want to give them away or, or I, try to kind of re it's, it's weird that Toronto would be considering a rebuild at this point with Nylander kind of moving away, a rebuild after accomplishing absolutely fuck all. Well, they did win one playoff round, so, you know, just hang a banner. Huge for them. Huge for them. Well, I don't know. William Nylander seems like he'd be wearing a shirt that I would wear, that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> yeah, I think Nylander, <laughs> you're, you're wearing Nylander PJs. So, mm. you know, I mean, he goes to bed in, in collared American Eagle shirts for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the rugby shirt, long sleeve collar too, but don't don't get it twisted. Yeah, and he's also he that's his top, and then his bottom is uh, uh, <clears throat> he's sleeping in a you know like a velvet thong, <laughs> knee high socks. Uh. <laughs> All right, well that got weird. Um, <laughs> let's move on to some more drama. In Philadelphia, Jamie Drysdale on a second from Anaheim in exchange for Cutter Gauthier. Uh, apparently, Cutter didn't want to play for Philadelphia, didn't even want to meet with him at World Juniors where he was there representing the country as a U.S. boy. Um, wouldn't meet with Flyers management in Philly, or I mean in Sweden. Um, and... Uh, it ultimately ended in, hey, we're going to trade you. They just immediately pulled the trigger and made it happen. Uh, pretty interesting stuff there. You know, well, I mean, first of all, what do you what do you think of this? Uh, you know, I think <laughs> I think that uh, the comment from super fan Elizabeth Henry that she hates the way you're dressed is beautiful. Um, yeah. No, I fucking you know. look good, dude. I look real good. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, uh, I guess I'm kind of 50-50 on how I look at this kid. Like, one, it's he's being a fucking prima donna. Like, he hasn't even proven one second of his ability in the NHL yet. True. Um, but also, I mean, I guess, you know, I applaud him for knowing his worth in you know for lack of a better phrase um i probably lean more towards the the first part i mean dude go give it a chance maybe you'll enjoy the organization and you don't know what's going to happen going forward i think um he really he should have given it a chance i mean i don't know what his motives are i think it's all a little bit uh it begs the uh, question. Just, it begs the question. Why would you get so butthurt over playing in Philly? Largely, I mean, you know, Philly's in a playoff spot right now. Largely on the come. You know, they've got uh, Torts at the helm, who's doing good things. You know, I mean, Philly's not a powerhouse by any means, but there's potential there. And had being a player that could really break things open for Philadelphia would be nice. 
you know, for me, I, I have to laugh because, you know, of course it's Philadelphia doing Philadelphia things. Um, but it does beg the question of like, why, why did this happen? What's up? What, what's up, uh, Gautier's ass. And we do have to, do have to mention that, um, <laughs> friend of the pod, Anthony Sanfilippo, he was, uh, uh, a guest spot for us. Well, several years ago at this point, I think it's been a few years, um, at least yeah, season two. two at the latest. Yeah, it was like season two of the official Capture podcast. He was part of the hockey podcast network and came on. He was he was a great guest. Uh, but on his podcast, which they film at Wells Fargo Center during the and film and recorded during the um, games, which is pretty cool setup. I'll, I'll admit, uh, in a press box doing a live pod, um, he said that Kevin Hayes' fingerprints are all over this. Um, and, you know, everybody kind of agreed. And then that hit the internet. And then death threats happened to Kevin Hayes' family because, hey, you know, Philadelphia. Yeah. And then Torts comes out and absolutely torches Anthony Sanfilippo in, in, in a presser. Like, first thing just comes out and just scorched earth <laughs> on this dude. And, uh, and, you know, all of the people, you know, they said that Anthony said he had had uh, sources inside the organization that said that, but uh, Torts even questioned that during his roast. And um, yeah, I mean, just caused a big, big flurry of bullshit for Kevin Hayes. If this is untrue, that's incredibly unfortunate. Um, but, you know, it is, it is definitely something that you don't see every year. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen this. No, no, it's not. And, um, I mean, the closest thing I can even think of is to like, and I mean, this is football and it's been 20 years, but Eli Manning saying he wouldn't play for the Giants and then just having the biggest sad boy frown when they drafted him first overall in the <laughs> NFL draft. Like, God, dude, what a terrible life you have. You get drafted first overall. Um, <clears throat> kind of reminds me of that situation. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's just wild, and, you know, I'm not going to speculate because I, I don't know what is or isn't true and why, you know, the kid did what he did, but... Uh, he had his reasons. You know, he had his reasons. Yeah. You know I mean, and, yeah. you know, I guess, uh, you know, if you're not going to... And Danny Bruyere came out and was like, you know, why didn't you announce this earlier? He was asked directly that, I believe. And he was like, you know, just to protect the player, to make sure, you know... And I believe that, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe I just don't know the inside scoop, but uh, I mean, I, I believe that I feel like the organization did what they could. And uh, for some reason, things went wrong. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Briere was very classy in the way he handled it. And I think uh, I have a lot of respect for Torts sticking up for a former player. You know, not only does he have the back of his players, but someone that he has no, you know, he doesn't really have, he doesn't have to stand up for Hayes. Right. And he did anyway. And they didn't even get along, like as far as hockey goes. He admits that. Yeah. Um, any case, I mean, look, it sucks that Kevin Hayes had these threats against his family. That's fucked up. Shit. <laughs> I don't know what it would drive somebody to, to do that. I mean, I'm, my name is literally the hockey troll and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't think I would do that. Uh, definitely yeah. not. Let's just, 
let's just get it on the record right now and say that if you're offer or if you're sending out death threats because of sports, you're a fucking loser. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, unfortunate situation. It kind of blew up. And everybody's, you know, the aftermath is like a lot of somewhat hilarious content or at least dramatic content on the internet. So maybe everybody benefits entertainment wise, but at the end of the day, there are people that, uh, that are affected by things that you say, uh, even on our podcast, we try to not do anything incriminating at least, but we also have zero access and are just a couple fucking idiots on a mic. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Moving on. IHF. IIHF. Polly, what's going on there? Yeah. So uh, it was released or announced a couple days ago that the IIHF has banned Israel. Um, for those who either forgot or aren't aware, a couple years ago, the IIHF banned Russia from all international hockey following their invasion of Ukraine. Uh, and now the ongoing war, they are still banned. And now Israel, um, amidst the um, conflict with Hamas, they have been banned from all IIHF, which some people may think, uh, okay, what's that matter? But they do actually have hockey teams. Um, I'm pretty sure Israel, uh, they may not be in the second tier, but they're kind of you know they're at least middle of the road towards the top um and so they plan to sue in the court of arbitration of sport um the iihf's reasoning is for the safety and well-being of all participants including israeli participants um but there are those in the media that, or there are media reports that say the IIHF succumbed to external political pressures, including Russian voices. This is per at CIJA info. Um, that's the, the tweet I saw um, with, with that information. And, you know, I, I guess I take that as Russia was kind of like, if you're going to suspend us, why aren't you spending them? Right. Um, and that makes logical sense though. Your, your reference is a little, I don't know who's CIJA info info. Um, it's a, it's a news source. Paul, are you, are you putting just weird sources in here, man? <laughs> you know what? So well, the source okay. is, I mean, trust it's... me, bro. <laughs> No, it's sources some guy on Twitter. All right. Well, this did it's happen. A, it's it's a Canadian um Canadian source, but it's the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs. Okay. Um so, you know, obviously, you know, based on the the commentary there, obviously there's a little slant. Um so maybe the but you know, they said there are reports of right. Russian influence, not that it's confirmed, you know. Sure. So I mean I'd be mentioned too if I was Russia. Yeah, yeah. I mean honestly in in the interest of consistency, one could argue that the IIHF is making the right choice here. And really, I mean, I guess the only difference between the two conflicts is 
I mean, there's a lot of differences, but well, we don't, I don't from think we ounce, need to dive into that there, Polly. Well, yeah, I just meant your point of view is the biggest difference for right. individual people. Sure. Yeah. Perspective is everything folks. Um, but yeah, yeah, so that's shitty for Israel. Um, hopefully, yeah. you know, they figure that out. That's uh, it's definitely a, a, a quick world that we're living in folks. I, I think that, yeah, It'd be a real big bummer if they were on, like, the cusp of promotion. Yeah, that would suck. To, like, like it's like they're one tournament away from making it to the big leagues or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, uh, we'll we'll keep you updated, see how that goes when they sue in the International Arbitration for Sport Court, whatever that is. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that sounds like some sort of, like, mystical council that you have to go appeal to. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to Hogwarts. Um, yeah, right. And they're getting judged by a bunch of people in like robes and, you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm envisioning. Um, so <laughs> what else though happened in, in, uh, international play? Yeah. So speaking of international play and speaking of, uh, what Cutter, who just won a, uh, UA or not UA, um, World Juniors gold with Team USA. The U.S. women just won the U18 gold in their annual tournament, which, um, you know, admittedly I don't follow closely, but based off of what I've noticed on Twitter, it seems to usually the U18 women's tournament pretty much follows World Juniors every year. Um, It seems to start usually about the time that the elimination games are going. So mm-hmm. this tournament's been going on for a couple days or a couple weeks, which I mean, you know, all these tournaments are set up the same way. You have your groups and then your elimination rounds. So the only difference was is that it was U18 and it was women. It's same thing as World Juniors. Um, and so, so yeah, far in 2024, no, Team no USA is 2 for junior. 2. Uh, classification like there's no league for women's juniors so this is why like then it's the equivalency because that that would be the most comparable it's the national u18 women's tournament for international play for life so like u.s puts a team in every country can that can that can puts a team in and it's structured a lot like the rest of the international kind of hierarchy right paulie yeah yeah but i mean i I guess I was every IIHF tournament pretty much follows the same format. Um, mm-hmm. But yet, uh, I believe until the Olympics and World Championships, this is the highest level tournament they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was really all the all the athletes last crack at each other before they're promoted to the the big the big teams for their their country. So you know, good job, ladies. That's you know, USA, baby. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, and like they, you know, a lot of these players, these women will go to NCAA clubs, maybe you know PWHL. So that opportunity is there, but like that, it's weird because I think that junior hockey that goes till twenty, you know, is pretty unique amongst all sports. Yeah, I mean, you would think they 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 should have a women's U twenty tournament. I mean, why not? They have a U twenty men's right do it yeah and that's because junior leagues exist and there's just not that type of like development program in place for women so 
you know, let's change yeah. that. Let's get, let's go. In any case, usually the women uh, of Canada or uh, the U.S. win this tournament, but um, and and it's kind of the same with uh, the Olympics as well. But good to see the game kind of like growing this way, you know. Well, Team USA beat Czechia for the gold. Oh no, shit. Yeah, so Czechia's game is stepping up across the board. You know, they've been putting up. I mean, you know, they they were never a slouch. They produced people like Yager and uh, I think David Krejci. Um, right. You know, so right was Krejci from Czechia? I think he yeah. is. Yeah. So I mean, you know, they've always been relevant. Um, but in terms of medals, I don't think they have been super relevant in the last 15, 20 years. And, you know, it's good to see that they're competitive in the women's and men's game. And maybe this is a little hope for the future that for the women's game, it won't just be U.S. and Canada with the occasional Finland appearance in the gold medal. You know, maybe Czechia and Sweden will start challenging. And some of the Asian teams, you know, China and Japan have made a little splash in the women's world. So. Maybe we're going to see a little more parity in the next generation of hockey players, which would be nice as long as Team USA keeps winning. Exactly. Just, you know, <laughs> I want to see Team USA win and just beat someone different every time. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's a world tournament for a reason. We want to go beat all the other countries as well, face to face. You know, um, but yeah, and, you know, you I mean, brought up. Go ahead. Well, you made an interesting point, and I don't even, you know, it was kind of just in passing. It, it's. Interesting. I wonder if we'll start to see women's players forego college once the PWHL gets established. Maybe. It depends on how profitable it is. You know, I mean, yeah. there's a price point where where do I value my college education less than making X amount of money per year, right? Yeah, and I think you're going to have to have more teams for them to take that risk on an 18-year-old. Oh, yeah. For sure, yeah. Yeah, because the talent pool is just so condensed right now. All right. And, Tino, to your point about Czechia, Czechia, uh, you know, formerly known as, like, the Czech Republic or at least some form of that, it's an old Eastern Bloc nation. There's tons of tons of players there. You know, Hurdle, Palat, Pasternak, they're all Czech. Verano was Czech. Uh, I had to look it up. Radko Gudis, yeah. Um, you know, they're uh, – comparable i think to russia you know as far as that goes but but yeah um love to see it love to see more parody um so all good stuff man so we get on to injuries yeah so zegris out six to eight weeks with a broken ankle i've seen this guy's name thrown around on caps twitter you know we should get trevor zegris i don't know i don't know man I don't know if Trevor, Trevor Zegras has what it what it takes to be a cap. I mean, he's he's been a band aid box this season, if not his whole career. Right, and he just he's kind of a softer player, um, in the sense of you know he he wants to dangle and do high skill stuff, but I not so great defensively, I'd say. Um, yeah, and even the the guys who are ultra finesse in the Capitals organization are tough dudes like Kuzi and Ovechkin and Wilson. I mean, I know Wilson, you know, none of them are doing pool in the Michigan. Like, but I, I think when you look at the caps, your closest comparison, I think would be Kuznetsov. 
and he plays with an edge and uh, a toughness that Zegris definitely doesn't have. So uh, I think, yeah, it might be nice to have him play for the Caps, and maybe he'd surprise us and be a huge contribution. But um, he definitely doesn't fit the the bill at this point. Yeah, and I mean, you've got Sonny Milano who used to play with him and was also considered kind of along that vein. But I think that Trevor Zee, funny enough, I think Trevor Zegers makes Sonny Milano uh, uh, look tough. But, um, you know, I think um, I just I, I think that the Washington Capitals at this point need to get away from leveraging against injured players. Uh, we need guys now. Um, <clears throat> and unless Zegers comes at Pacaretti money, which is like two mil or less, which he won't, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, plus, you know, the Ducks just got this new guy, Cutter Gautier, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so who well, knows? They, they might want to keep the band that's together. That's two, two very recent U.S. World Junior studs. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, look, that's league news for it, right? I mean, I think we can uh, all rest easy. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of uh, a lot of things that were maybe put out into the universe and, and, and gambled and hoped that they were true. But something that you can gamble on and know it's true is DraftKings Sportsbook. We know hockey games move fast, but DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Polly, what do you say we uh, talk about the Washington Capitals and give the people what they want here? Yeah, give them what they want. Feed the mob. All right. Well, this week in the Washington wraparound, we got a, you know, an up and down week. Caps fans, not good. (laughs) And I think that's all I can say about it. Not good. It was not good. Not a great week. Um, There was a week highlighted by one bastion of hope. uh, But ultimately, um, you know, the Caps were only able to secure two out of the six available points. Two of the games, uh, we one game we did steal against the Rangers, which was great. You know, if there was a game to win, it would have been of one of them against the against the Rangers, and we did that. So it was almost like, you know, doing the bare minimum here, kind of like what you should be doing at work. Yeah, yeah, bare. I mean, I don't know. I think bare minimum would have been beating Seattle, 
because there's a little extra perk to beating the Rangers because okay. we got, you know, the division, the the point swing. So Fair we're enough. a little above the bar. Okay, one iota above the bar with the two slash four points. Um, something really quick though, Ovi, believe it or not, doesn't want to go to the All Star game. Uh, I don't what? know if what. No, I'm, I was making oh. like a surprise, like a sarcastic surprise. Yeah. No, Ovi, Ovi doesn't want to go to the All-Star game, folks. I don't I don't know if you've ever heard this unprecedented event before, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, no shit, Ovi doesn't want to go to the All-Star game. He hasn't gone to the All-Star game in, like, four years, five years. People continually vote him in. He literally, like, every year, the message gets just a little more harsh from Ovi. It's like, well, if I go, you know, I'll have fun. And then the next year, it's like, well, if I go, you know, we'll love the fans, but, uh, you know, I kind of want to, like, chill. And then, oh, if, if I, I, I don't, I'm kind of jokingly not wanting to go, but this time he's just like, nah, dog. Like, straight up, do not vote for me, please. Please. Um, he never shows up to him anyways. He's taking sussy all, sussies all the time. Like, as if three or four years of him taking suspensions to not go to the All-Star game uh, wasn't enough Caps fans, you know, him outright saying, please don't vote for me is probably a good indicator. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, put someone there that wants to be there that could use the financial benefits, the experience, yeah. the, you know, the, the resume builder, you know, vote someone <laughs> yeah. like Dylan Strome. It, dude, and that's exactly who should be going to the All-Star game, Dylan Strome. Uh, Tom Wilson, as we announced last week, is going to go. Also deserve. Um, but, you know, I think that Dylan Strome really needs to be in the conversation. Shit, even Anthony Mantha. You know, you could. You could make a case for old Anthony Mantha there as well. Having the kind of breakout season resurgence and putting, yeah. you know, the second most or uh, goals on the team. Like, you know, whatever. Um, that's crazy. I, I just said Anthony Mant. I just petitioned right. for Anthony Mantha to go to a fucking All Star game. Okay, well, I guess you you never know if you've seen it all, folks. Anyways, I think the voting is over. If you voted for Ovi, you're just trolling at this point. Yeah, or you're just yeah, you you're just so blinded by your own ignorance that you don't realize you're you're placing what you want over this other human being's desires for his own life (laughs) you are playing the puppet master for him and you know what he's going to cut the strings anyway (laughs) yeah exactly um well let's get let's get into the games okay so on the 11th still finishing up the home stretch the five-game home stretch the Washington Capitals had. The Kraken came to town. This was, um, you know, a, a shitty game. Just I'm just going to warn everybody who didn't watch it. It was trash. Um, surprisingly, the surprisingly though, TJ Oshie, who had we had reported just the week before, gone back yeah. home and to Minnesota, and then came back out of nowhere for this game. To play versus the Kraken, where he grew up playing, you know, juniors and in, in, in his youth hockey, and uh, started played in the game. Uh, unfortunately, Tom Wilson was out from facial discomfort, 
Uh, it looks like he broke his nose when he awkwardly threw that hit that he got the worst of a couple nights before against the Kings. Um, and Ovi was a game-time decision, but did play. You know, the Caps came out of this, uh, out out the gates storming with Ovi getting two grade-A chances and with Michael getting a couple a couple A-plus chances. But this goalie, was, I think it's Joey Dakar, was equal to the test. He's been incredibly good this year. Um, I believe he's a rookie. The Kraken took several minutes, really, to register a shot as the Caps were just dominant coming out the gates. Unfortunately, they gave up the first goal in the rush with uh, numbers back through a screen that beat Kemper short side. You know, when I saw that, like, the sound in my head was just like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> like, oh, fuck, man. Like, all that, and then we get kind of an outside shot that, that goes in. Through a screen, through a screen, I'll give you that. But I don't know, Paulie, what do you think of this goal? Shouldn't happen. Oh yeah, you're you're fully. So you think this one's on Kemper? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's one he's gonna want back. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think so too. I mean, he couldn't see it. It was a good release, like great timing. It was a great timing play. Um, but I mean, high and short side. I think it went on the glove side. You know. Lindgren's in there. He just gives it the little little blocker. <laughs> hits the knob. Set. That hits the knob. Yeah. Uh, the Caps, though, did, did continue their solid play, but turn it over in Ozone Entry, and Winberg walks in on a, a one-on-one with Bear and shoots around him, low and away. This one also beat Kemper kind of from outside. Uh, not Darcy's best game so far. I think that the Caps had like a really good period this period, but the results did not show up on the scoreboard. Did you did you get to watch this one, Paulie? Um, I was in and out of the game. Um, it was around bedtime. Uh, but you know, I I think Kemper really he played really well against the Kings. I thought, yeah. and I think he, for lack of a better term, blew his load. <laughs> oh shit! All right. Um. Well, you know, in the second, the Caps continued to dictate play for a while. Uh, in seven minutes in, an Ovi to Strom to patch his play. Saw Max Capacaretti get his first goal as a Cap. Glad to see that fall for him. It was a ripper. Straight through the five hole on Takar, sliding to his side. I'm kind of liking that new, that first first line when Ovi's in it. Um, Ovi Strom patches. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. I think, I mean, obviously, it's the best. Hey, why don't we take the guys with the deepest resume and then the best players this season and put them on one line. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a very good um, utilization of the personnel. I think their styles complement each other well. And I think, I think this is one of, um, this is definitely Carberry's best OV creation so far this season. I'd say. I like it. Um, you know, Pack Reddy, while he's known for his offensive prowess, I think that he's more of a two-way player uh, than people give him credit for. The thing I will say, though, is that, you know, I mean, he's never been like a, a super speedy player. He's always been a shooter, a finisher. So you've got two finishers on one line hoping that they can actually finish because that's what the Caps need. I don't mind this line. I think it's cool. And if I were to ask you like six, seven years ago, 
if you ever thought Ovi and Pacioretty would play on the same line, you would have just laughed at me. Yeah, yeah, I would have. <laughs> That's a wild combo, but hey, we just saw it and Dylan Strom centering it, so huh, that's even more crazy. Um, it was a stalemate, though, this game for the rest of the period until the last two minutes where ex-cap Justin Schultz drove deep and shot it at Kemper's feet. Uh, the rebound eventually tipped was tipped in short side by Schultz, who was following in his play. Justin Schultz, I've lost money on that guy. Lost a decent amount of money on that guy. Uh, more than he once. Was, huh? More than once? I thought it was, or at least more. I no. thought maybe. Just once. Just once. Yeah, okay. And, right. and it was, he was going to have 50 points. And then he got injured. Yeah. He got injured at like 35 points, like halfway through the season. Yeah, he was on a good, good, good clip. He would have won me. He would have won me something for sure uh, if he would have stayed healthy. So unfortunately, he did not. Um, but the Caps started to relinquish uh, momentum as the game progressed and had the first PP of the game in the third, and we were just unable to score. Man, I mean the power play. Uh, the power play, you know, really just was not good. Um, <clears throat> 12 minutes into the third, though, the Kraken came storming out of their zone and created a two-on-one where Tanev sent some nice sauce to Lawson, who dangled Kemper for the Kraken's fourth goal. The Caps, I thought this game just consistently passed from the center to the periphery. I didn't get that, especially when we were in need of goals. Um even though there's like no screen, I think that they need they need to pick a pick a corner and fire at it. The 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 I we talked about this like a couple weeks ago, or maybe even last week about you know when in last week's uh, I think it was last week the hockey control hip check. We were talking about Spencer Carberry's lack of offensive production, and I think that. With this team, you know, everybody was expecting the power play would get an, a reignited. There would be more five-on-five five scoring. Um, but, you know, Carberry really just has the players that, that he has. And unfortunately, it's it's not enough right now. Uh, what doesn't help is guys afraid to shoot the puck or at least not taking every opportunity on net that they can. Lately, it seems to have been getting better. You see a lot of point uh, point shots instead of trying to work it down low and have the forwards, you know, bang for that puck and try to make something happen down low. I am seeing a little bit more of demon who are keeping the zone or just, you know, have the puck, letting it go on net. I think that's what we need. And then on the rush, guys like Dowd, guys like McMichael, guys like Protus, guys like Mantha need to get into shooting lanes and just take the shot and then sort it out from there. The Caps have had, you know, throughout this week, you know, have had some pretty good net front presence goals, you know, banging in garbage. If the Caps are not willing to play kind of a dirtier garbage game, they're definitely not going to be successful and may miss the playoffs. I really think that, that would be something that the Caps, if, if the Caps can bang in on a consistent level, some rebound goals, some, some trash around the net, that would really, really help them <clears throat> and also get healthy. That would be nice, too. But um, ultimately, the Caps take this L four to one. You know, 
not entirely a terrible game. I think the Caps dominated pretty good for for swaths of the game. Consistent swaths of the game, they, they played well. But unfortunately, it just was not to be 4-1 to loss. Unreal. Uh, really just kind of a, an ass-kicking on the scoreboard. Paul, are you back with us? On a mute? <clears throat> yeah, I'm back. Lab. Right. But yeah, it was Laptop just, was dying on me. Fair enough. I was just saying that, like, you know, I think that the... I think the cap in the Seattle game, the Caps just gave didn't take the shot when they were in shooting position. Like high slot, like as soon as you get in the in the like into the top of the circles, if you have nothing, throw it on net and sort it out from there. The Caps aren't bad with puck retrieval. I think that we can get there and use our body and our size to to make it work. So more shots, and when we talked about it, you know, like I said, I'd love to see a stat line about how poet like sub 30 shots taken for the Washington Capitals and how many times they've lost, lost a game or I mean, won a game when, when taking less than 30 shots and then how many times they've won the percentage of wins when they've put more than 30 shots on net. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point. Um, how you said the caps are good at puck retrieval. Cause I think they, they really are really good at it. And, um, you know, between their their speed, their angles, and their body uh, positioning and their body size, um, that's really what they should be doing. And um, you know, I've had multiple coaches tell me pucks on that, pucks yeah. on that. You never know what's going to go in. You know, you get those free goals, you get those good rebounds, and a lot of times you get a better dump off of the goalie's pads than you do putting it behind the goal line. Sure, absolutely. So, I just love to see more shots. That's all. Um, moving on, though, the the only bastion of light throughout this whole week on the thirteenth, finishing the homestand, the New York Rangers division rivals come to town, one p.m. matinee. Now, Caps fans, if you know anything about the Washington Capitals, you know that they're bad at matinees. Fortunately, though, this game ended in a 3-2 win. Ovi was officially out. Now, again, this injury happened back when Jordan Stahl fell on him off a faceoff against Carolina. He he got a stinger. He was pretty hobbled. He finished the game. He's been playing on it, but he's out officially on the 13th. And the Caps came out and dominated the first period until Jensen turned over the puck, trying to skate it out of the out of the zone. He def- the deflected pass goes right to Fox, who buried. I mean, Jensen uh, did nothing right on this play, unfortunately. He started to get stripped and then tried to chuck it, and then it just did not work out well. Went to the worst person on that team that you want to turn it over to, Adam Fox, former Norris Trophy winner, um, and a young guy at that. I mean, that is the guy, you know, they're going to say, like, we built the team around Panarin, but ultimately, if you look at it closely, the New York Rangers are built around Adam Fox. I mean, you know, they've got a great supporting role. They've got a lot of depth. But, like, if you're going to have a franchise player, I think it's Adam Fox on that team. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is. And um, <clears throat> they haven't named a captain yet, right? Do they still have all – or did they I give th- it to – I don't know. They I think still have all A's? I feel like – I think it's all A's. Um, but I know Zabinijad is, is uh, probably their next captain. 
Okay. Yeah, because I think it <clears throat> it likely could be Fox, um, or at least he has has a good argument. You know, I think Jensen does a lot for this team, and honestly, I love the way he plays. But I feel like he's good for at least one of these a game, and <laughs> we're lucky it doesn't turn into more goals than it does. Yeah, and. Let me rephrase, or let me recorrect, or correct. Jacob Troop is our captain, dude. Duh. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we made a TikTok about him. Right. Shows how shows how uh, how memorable Jason Jason Truba as a captain is for the New York Rangers. But whatever, you got to put that guy. You know, that's going to be people talking about Tom Wilson when he's the captain. Yeah, they're going to be like. Guy shouldn't even be in the league. How the hell are they going to disgrace this sport with him having to see? <laughs> exactly. Okay, boomers. All right, anyways. Um, luckily, though, Anthony Mantha did answer with less than two minutes left after being sprung by McMichael for a breakaway. This was an incredibly nice goal, an incredibly nice feed. This line is gelling. You know, I'm so happy that this line scores, you know, pretty consistently because I do not want it to be broken up. Um the Protus Mantha McMichael line is is as good as it gets, I think, with our young guys. Um I think I think this season can be boiled down to two happy things as our themes. And it's Charlie Lindgren with another big game and Mantha from McMichael. Right. Yep. Like I'll take it. That's just that's that seems to be when things are going right. It's because, like you said, that line is clicking. Um, usually, Protus is doing some hard work. Michael makes a McMichael makes a nice play, and Mantha has a big finish. And then Charlie Lindgren just, you know, dick flopping on whoever's playing because he's just like I'm. I'm the best. Yeah, I'm the best there is. Right. No, you're right, and I mean, uh, I think that that Mantha Protus McMichael line has. Just it complement they complement each other so well, and that is how that line is designed to work. Like they're doing it right. Like they are getting the results in which that line was designed in the way that the, it was probably conceptualized. Yeah, bueno. Yeah. Later in the game, St. Thomas made a hit, and apparently that's a penalty to hit somebody in the numbers as long as they hear footsteps and turn their back to you immediately. Yeah, I was. I started writing up a tweet about this and then just deleted because I was like, <laughs> I don't need. I don't need to put the energy into this. But you know, I, you know, essentially what I was going to say is, if you use the the boards as your crutch and turn at the last second, you deserve to be put through. Yeah, and I mean, he did. The I don't. I, th- I don't even know who it was, but yeah. It, the the victim definitely turned immediately. I mean, it was Tom Wilson. The the he was his hips were the leading point of his body into this hit at the point that the that the dude turned. So I, you know, the way that the NHL is going is like that's that's going to be a penalty when it looks that bad. The point of contact, but the hit was already being thrown and dude turned his numbers to you i don't know i mean you're gonna get that probably every time because of because it's saint thomas as well uh you know yeah you know uh 
somebody else makes that hit. Sonny Milano makes that hit, and I'm not sure that gets called. But in the, anyways, in the second, the Caps lost some momentum and failed to clear early, uh, early on by McMichael, and it resulted in another Fox goal from the point through a nice screen. Uh, and at this point, it's looking bleak, and I had to leave, but. In the third, and this was, you know, going into the third, a few minutes into the third, it was 2-1. Dowd tapped in a koozie drive out of midair about halfway through the period, um, a little more than half, or a little less than halfway. Uh, tapped in a koozie drive in out of midair. You know, that's that's an odd sentence. You don't really hear Nick Dowd taps in, you know, a koozie shot on net out of midair. What a handsy play yeah. by Nick Dowd. I mean, an incredible tip by Doubter there, who's just as amped to score that. I mean, he was, like, so surprised that that went in. Yeah. Um, But also elated. Um, And just great speed and, and, you know, puck management by by Kuzi there. You know, the Caps need a guy that can carry the mail. And when Kuzi's on, you know that's why he's that guy. You know that's why he's, you know – got value and is still talked about in this league. Yeah, absolutely. You know, friend of the pod, former Washington Capitals first round draft pick, top 10 draft pick, Carl Walsner said that when Kuzi wants to, he's the most dominant guy in the NHL. Um, And, you know, he still shows us that from time to time. And I think, you know, we saw some of that this weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I love it. It's a great play. And then something else amazing happened uh, several minutes later. Oshbabe, coming back off injury, you know, played uh, played a game in, in Seattle, got trounced, came out in New York and uh, absolutely dunked a per- perfect tap and feed from Strom. Just making something out of nothing on that play. Everybody was covered. Osh was just going hard to the net. Strom just kind of flings it there and hopes and praise. And, uh, you know, the Caps shut it down after that for the rest of the night, and it's two points against a division rival, and that's the Rangers' fourth straight loss and longest L streak of the season. You know, um, coming into this game, the Rangers had the top power play in the league, and then on Sunday's game, the numbers had been updated, and they were now the second in the league. So... After one game. Good. Yeah. Well, Tampa Bay was right behind him. Oh, okay. But still, one game made the difference. Yeah. So the Caps got the win and bumped one of their stats. And, um, you know, moving on to Sunday, the, the, the Rangers did not do themselves any favor in that category as well. I think they had six power plays on Sunday, if not seven. Um, and I know they had at least five that were all killed off. Yeah, well, and I, I'm I think I'm compounding the five on three that they got. Okay. Which Spencer Carberry was just like, that's a dive, that's a dive. He like made the fucking hand yeah. motion, and everything, fucking hilarious. Um, but on Sunday again, it was a it was a home and home back to back. Capitals are in Madison Square Garden. At 1 p.m. again, and it's a 2-1 loss. Lindgren, surprisingly, back in and OV out again. Uh, I'm surprised to see Lindgren playing back-to-back there. Yeah, me too. But I think, 
I think spending all that time out, it, I imagine Carberry was like, can you? Do you want to? And right. he's probably just like, yep. And the numbers don't lie, folks. Um, Charlie Ingren right now is head and shoulders uh, better goalie stats-wise this season than uh, Darcy Kemper, and it's it's really not close. So it's good to see him getting another rep, you know, if he wanted it. Uh, interesting, though, that on a back-to-back that he, they did it, uh, the Caps ultimately lost this, but the only reason it was a two-on-one loss is because of Charlie Lindgren. He absolutely stood on his head. Uh, Caps came out worse uh, on Sunday on the road than they did at home. They were dinged for two goals in the first and it was just an, the first one was just an absolute one-time snipe by Panarin on an almost impossible-looking play. Like he's just over to the side, takes takes a knee and just blasts one home short side on Charlie Lindgren. I'm not sure uh, you could do anything about that. That's a, I think that's a goal in any league. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, even with Lindgren playing as hot as he is. You, you can't stop something like that. Right. I mean, it was with speed and he had a clear line. Um, I'm sure that's one that he wants back, but, you know, I think he played it properly. Uh, the second was a total defensive bed shooting uh, uh, that found Lafreniere in front for not one, but two chances. And Lindgren stuffed the first chance and then was out of position for the second, which unfortunately that rebound went right back to Lafreniere who just had enough touch to pump it past. Charlie Lindgren, a nice little touch play. Um, the Caps earned that first period score, though. They were not playing well at all. They were getting buried in shot chances, and they just had too many breakdowns and giveaways. Uh, though 77 did make something happen, again, out of nothing today, as <clears throat> attacking the net as a bouncing puck goes off his hand or body, you know, body hand, uh, into the net halfway through the second. Late in the second, the Caps are down two men off a Fox dive that we discussed. And holy hell, did Charlie Lindgren rob Chris Kreider? Did you see this one? I actually didn't see the. I didn't see this one. He was found in front for two. He wide open. You know, just a really nice pass. Kreider smashes one. You know, gets all of it in tight in a tight space. So, you know, he doesn't have, it's not like a slap shot or anything, but he gets in, he gets all the wood on it, pumps it right into Charlie. Who, who's like, who has to handle it with his arm. Um, and then absolutely stuffs him a second time. I think in the glove. Yeah. He got it. He got the rebound right back. Um, as you were talking, I, I did remember seeing this and yes, it was a phenomenal save. Unreal dude. Way to stick with it. Uh, and you know that's I think that's my biggest knock against Kemper is it like he makes the first save and then he like expects the D to clean it up even though he has not great rebound control so uh, and maybe he doesn't expect it that way but that's just how his style is he doesn't soak up he doesn't vacuum up pucks instead he lets them bounce off him uh, and then doesn't have a great second effort generally or at least a successful second effort um, but speaking of of Chris Kreider, I mean, what a douche. I don't know why I hate this guy, but, like, just <laughs> something about his face. I have really no reason to. He's a good player. Um, but, you know, it's Chris Kreider. We all know that we hate him as Caps fans. I mean, he's been with the New York Rangers organization since, you know, 
back when we were battling them out and losing in the second round, the Rangers with Chris Kreider, I'm sure, have handed us a second round and bow out. It's it's never been good. And, you know, Chris Kreider is always a guy who's, who's a top performer. So he's just... I'm only going to be... I'll only be rooting for him if he's got USA on the front of his jersey. Exactly, exactly. So there it is. Uh, this five on or this five on three though, the Caps killed both of those penalties and then wrestled control of the game away from the Rags in the second. In the third, the Caps though couldn't help Lindgren out, who's absolutely standing on his head, and and they just ended up taking an L in a scoreless period. Um, <clears throat> you know, the Rangers got through this series. But I think that they're more disappointed in the outcome than we are. You know, luckily they stopped a four-game skid, but they added the fourth game to it. Um, And, you know, while they're okay in the standings, there's other teams in the Metro who are gaining ground fast. So not a great look for the New York Rangers at all. And uh, I guess we'll just take, we'll, we'll take the split. Yeah, I mean, in our position, you're right. Definitely more of a positive for the Capitals than the Rangers. Yeah, and I mean, it's just it, it's 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 neither neither side is right, but it just feels a little bit better for us. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's another week that goes by. The Washington Capitals can't score goals, and when they score more than three, they have a fighting chance, or three or more, they have a fighting chance in the game every time. Um, you know, we've gone through three games this week, and we've scored a total of two, four goals, four goals in three games. Come on, boys. Yeah, that's that's what winners do. Yeah, well, considering we relinquished nine. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Whenever that hot and cold team kind of narrative gets thrown out for the fucking garbage that it is. And we realize that basically the defense and the goaltending play incredible usually and pretty consistently. And the offense is basically just impotent. If that, if we can just come to grips with that and the GM, you know, Brian McClellan can, can add a guy or two or something or make some adjustments to the roster. That'd be great. But again, just like last week, weeks like this make Brian McClellan say, fuck it, we won't leverage anything, and we'll start the rebuild now. Or continue yeah. a rebuild vibe rather than a go-for-it vibe. Yeah, and honestly, uh, hard to blame him. Yeah, the only problem is is that, unlike last year, the Washington Capitals have very little assets by way of current NHL players that they can leverage to gain anything. Yeah. And I mean, like you said before, one of the most appetizing assets we'd have to retain most of his salary. Right. Kuznetsov. I mean, I think even Mantha, you know, as far as NHL players today, it's rough. You know, I'm sure people are calling about Ryan Leonard or, uh, you know, McMichael or Protus, you know, guys that would effectively need to be replaced by a bona fide proven top sixer or at least a high performing third liner um, is what we'd have to re- leverage to make an actual hockey trade at this point. 
I, I just don't know if it's ever going to happen. I think that the Washington Capitals are going to need to smartly manage cap, commit to a buyout if that's something that they're going to do, and buy someone. Yeah. And we'll see if they actually do that. It's a tough proposition when put into that position to buy someone rather than leveraging something that you have to negate some of the cost, you know? Yeah. Plus, you know, when you trade, that's where all the that's where all the good guys seem to be, at least. Um, <laughs> all right, well, let's get on to our predictions. Last week, I had said that Ovi was not going to score any goals, and because I'm never wrong, I was completely right. Polly, how many goals yeah. did you say he was going to score? What I say, two. You said two. What an idiot you are. Yeah. Yes. I'm dumb. <laughs> Just kidding. All right. And then um, the record. Oh, a little bit of a surprise here, except it's not. The Caps went one and two. My my prediction was also one and two, right on the fucking money. Hockey Troll's cooking, baby. You know, I'm back. Look, I gave the first half of the season. I was I was doing it more on feeling and, and trying to trying to, you know, affect the the game via my karma. Output and that just didn't didn't happen. So, uh, Paul, you said one one and one trying to fucking get away with the whole loss and overtime shit. I said one and two, and I was absolutely correct. So, I'm, I'm what... not I'm not trying to get away with anything. I'm trying to I'm playing I'm playing Moneyball. Okay, okay, playing Moneyball. Well, your sophisticated strategy wasn't worth shit this yeah. week. Hockey chill two and oh two and oh on the week. Hundred percent right. Never been wrong. Yeah, first time this year. First time I've I've had two. Well, you know, I was I was trying to be unselfish and put my karma into places that that would help the team. Yeah. Now I'm just calling it straight. Man, you'd be a great politician with the way you twist. <laughs> I would be. I'm corrupt as fuck too, so I'd I'd I'd, I'd fit right <laughs> in. Um, all right, next week on the 16th we've got Anaheim at home. The yeah. 18th, we've got St. Louis at home. And then on the 20th, we go to St. Louis and play in their barn. Um, oh, Polly, I'm looking at these predictions, and I've already got a little bit of a, a little that you've put in. I've already got a little problem with the OV goals, but we'll go record first. <clears throat> the Washington Capitals should go 3-0. and They are The two teams that we're going to play are not playoff teams. If the Washington Capitals want a shot at the playoffs, they need to start banking these points now. I think that they're going 3-0. I think they're, they're going to do it. It's going to be painful. It may be ugly at times, but undefeated this week. Big words from a big man. I think uh, I think they're going 2-1. and one. I just think one of them they're not going to show up for. Fair enough, and that's completely plausible. Um, OV goals. I'm going zero again, man. Yeah, and I've got one with the caveat that he actually plays. Okay. All right. All right. I'll let you get away with this caveat. Generally, we only deal in numbers, but okay. Um, all right. Well, if he plays one, still, I think that the Caps, I think that we've got good times ahead of us, Caps fans. I would love to see what I'm talking about come to fruition. 
there's ample rest between each of these games. You know, it's, it's a good cadence. Every other day we got a game, two at home, then we travel. I think this is a very nice, cushy week for the Washington Capitals. And I think that, you know, they'll, they'll do all right. I think that they'll, if they want that playoff spot, they're going to win all three of these games. And that should, hopefully, if we go undefeated this week, should really rise our stock value up in the in in the standings for sure. Yeah, <clears throat> that that would be yeah, would be a big six points. And you know, if we're lucky, the rest of the metro shit. Yeah, exactly. Which I think could happen. You know, who knows? It's a dogfight. Um. All right. Well, Capstans. Hope you enjoyed Monday's episode here, and that we didn't ramble along too much. But. Here's to an incredible good week next week. Hope you guys have a great week as well. Until Thursday, where I don't have a segment. That's to be determined. Polly, what are you going to be talking about? Same. Okay. We're figuring it out. It's an absolute surprise. Capstans, until Thursday, High Control Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trollin on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Polly underscore Cupcakes on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.